0: And closing theme is by Midnight Syndicate. For more dark, instrumental music like it, visit www.midnightsyndicate.com or find them on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or Alexa.
1: True crime stories are discussed in this podcast, which may contain graphic and disturbing content. Listener discretion is advised.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to Freshly Brewed Noir. I'm Summer. And I'm Jennifer. And this is Episode 17,
1: The Chundawat Family. This is gonna be a dark one. We're diving back
0: into that really dark place, aren't we?
1: We are. So I wanna start it off with a light note. I wanna ask you about how Another World went.
0: And that's a light note?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to this episode, yes. I don't know, it was pretty dark. Tell us about it.
0: Well, as you all know, I'm not a fan of Netherworld, neither is Jennifer.
1: Like we said before, one and done for me.
0: Well, but mine is twice and hopefully done. But this year we went because my youngest wanted to go. Went previously with my daughter and her friends. Our middle child was not into it thankfully. And then our youngest child, he wanted to experience it. So we went with some good friends. One of their kids wanted to go. So it was my son, her daughter. And I will say it's probably the scariest place for a person who doesn't like to be (laughs) scared in the dark. It's just all the things that you
1: don't want. So you had a horrible time.
0: I will say that I had a good time with the people we went with. That was fun because the kids hadn't experienced it. And My friend's daughter was so sweet because I told her about my experience and how I was the caboose last time. And I didn't like that because you get scared twice and thrice and then they just follow you. And so she said, I will be the caboose with you. And I thought that was so sweet.
1: That is sweet.
0: But she literally did not leave me the entire time, which I thought was great for a kid. Because I thought as soon as the scares start coming, she's going to be like, let me leave this crazy lady and go
1: up to my mom.
0: (laughs) But she stayed with me the entire time and even held me up one time. Time because this <laughs> snake dropped down from the ceiling. That's one of my phobias is snakes. And... As we know. But it was dark. I probably wouldn't have noticed it was a snake. She said, Summer, look out for the snake. I just literally dropped almost to my knees and she had to pick me up, this child, and move me away from the snake as I was paralyzed with fear.
1: I know. It was like the realization that it was a snake and not just like some weird tentacle.
0: Uh, yeah, I thought it, it was dark and I don't have great night vision anyway. So I try to keep my eyes kind of halfway open in another world. But yeah, I just thought maybe it was a tentacle hanging because they had this area that was very nautical. So I thought it's a tentacle, but no, oh. it was a snake. Her young child eyes realized that. Whereas my older, <laughs> not so great eyes. <laughs> You're
1: like, I wish I was still in ignorance. Like I didn't
0: know this. <laughs> right. And she goes, I thought I was helping you. I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't have said that. Huh? And I said, probably not, but I appreciate like the heart was there. And then when she realized that there was more scares on the right side, people were jumping out on the right, which was the side I was on. She switched sides with me halfway through. She's so such a trooper. I'm like, you don't have to do that. She goes, no, I'm going to do that. And-
1: I she thought, was so sweet and, and so brave.
0: Yes. So I would probably never go back, except if she asked me next year, I'm going to have to because she was just so good to me. She
1: was, yeah, she was.
0: But I'll have to be better prepared because I think I was stung by something in Netherworld.
1: <laughs> I think we need to get you like a suit of armor.
0: <laughs> yes. That's a great idea.
1: <laughs> that may help.
0: Yeah. I was wearing joggers. I thought I was fine. I had my boots on and joggers that went almost down to the boots and I had a long jogger Jacket and still something on the inside of my right leg all of a sudden just started stinging really, really bad. And it was like a pain shooting down to my feet. And I just thought, my body's just breaking down. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> but in reality, it wasn't that. I actually got stung by something. And so when I got back home, I showed Jennifer, it's this giant red welt on the inside of my right leg. And there is a place where it looks like I was stung.
1: Because it looks like when I got stung in by the a bee. face.
0: Yes. yes
1: when i had to pull out the stinger from my face <laughs> when do you ever think you know that's going to happen but it
0: happened we're not fans of the insects Mm-mm. especially the ones that sting. They're just they're mean. They're jerks. So another horrible experience at another <laughs> traumatizing. Experience. Traumatized. Great company. My son loved it. So did her daughter. And my friend that I went with, she even loved it. She loves getting scared. So she was in front. I think there's only two times somebody actually caught her off guard. Only twice. Good for her. Yeah, she's tough. And then my son wasn't as scared as I thought he would be, but there was a couple very high-pitched Mariah Carey level screams <laughs> in there. And my friend thought it was her daughter screaming. No, that's just my teenage son. It's okay.
1: That is great. I said, Summer, your son needs to take up singing lessons or oh, something if he can get that high. It
0: was the highest pitch scream I've ever heard. He was fine with it. He said, listen, if you're going to scream, you don't want to scream in a low tone because no one's going to hear you. You want that high pitched scream where it's going to shatter people's eardrums, I guess, but they'll take notice and come
1: help they you. They will notice that.
0: He was right. He supported his scream and he was not ashamed of it. And I said, more power to you. Embrace that. Exactly. Yes. So we may call him Mariah for a few weeks just because that was the most amazing high-pitched scream I have ever heard. <laughs> hey,
1: if you can sound like Mariah, I mean...
0: It was that level <laughs> of a scream. I was like, "Who was that? My friend's daughter was right next to me. It wasn't her. It Did was... you
1: have some rhythm to it too? It was
0: just the straight up highest <laughs> note Mariah Carey can hit. That was the note for like five to 10 seconds, depending on the scare level.
1: We love that. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: another world never disappoints. It always terrifies me. But this time I wasn't shuddering all through the night because my nerves, I calmed them before with half a margarita. We were dropped off and then we were picked up and I finished off the rest of the margarita. So that helped. I slept
1: just fine. The alcohol helped with your trauma.
0: Oh, it did. Not with the bug bite, but with the nerves. Yes. Calm my nerves.
1: Oh yeah. At least you weren't jumping in the middle of the night. Right.
0: (laughs) Because we talked about that. That was one of the rougher parts of it was the aftershocks of
1: Netherworld for me. That stayed with you.
0: (laughs) But hey, if you like that stuff, go to Netherworld. Enjoy it. I'm just saying, get ready.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's a following for Netherworld. Prepare
0: yourself. Don't wear thin joggers. (laughs) And definitely have a little bit of, you know, whatever your drink of choice is.
1: Give yourself a buzz. For sure. Yeah when oh, you're going. And in.
0: then watch out for the things that are buzzing around you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Stay buzzed. But if you hear a buzz... <laughs> watch out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Get the cortisone shots ready.
1: <laughs> and the Benadryl. And the Benadryl. All right. So should
0: we jump in? I'm ready for this one. I have not read the notes. I have not had time because it's, as you know, my favorite holiday weekend. So it's been busy. But let's dive in. I can't wait to hear about this
1: story. It's a lot. Okay. So I do want to tell you guys that today's episode will contain discussions of suicide and mental illness. I know that we have our blanket disclaimer that we have in the beginning of the episodes, but if these are triggers for you, we want to give you a heads up. The Chundawat family, also known as the Bhatia family in the neighborhood, lived in a two-story house in Barari's Sant Nagar for around 20 years after moving from their native town in Rajasthan in 1989. Bhopal Singh was a family man who had a large plot of land and cattle He'd sell these assets in order to start a new life with his wife, Narayani and Barari. They were a highly respected family that ran a grocery shop and plywood business in the area. Three generations of the family would reside in this house. The members of this family would include Narayani Devi, who is 77, her two sons, Bhavnesh, who's 50, and Lalit, 45, daughters-in-law, Savita, who's 48, and Tina, 42, Narayani's daughter, Pratibha, who's 57. And then these are the grandchildren. Priyanka, who's 33, daughter of Pratiba; Nitu, who's 25. Monu, who's 23. And Dhruv, who is 15. And these are all children of Bhavnesh. So what is that? Like 11 or 12 people living there? 11, yeah. Okay. And Shivam, who is 15, and he's the only child of Lalit. Over the next 10 years, the Chundawats would strengthen socially as well as financially. Everyone in the neighborhood knew the family to be well-liked, intelligent, upstanding, warm, generous people. Literally, like the sweetest, hardworking family. Now, Bopal was known to be a good man and father, however, he did rule the house in like a dictatorial fashion. The family regarded him with the utmost respect and never questioned or threatened his authority. This control he had played a big role in the success of their family. In mid-2007, Bhopal unexpectedly passed away due to a respiratory illness. The aftermath of his death left the family devastated. They were struggling emotionally, and their fortunes soon went into decline. Bhopal's youngest son, Lalit, took the tragedy the hardest and was also dealing with personal issues that would affect his mental health. So I do want to talk about some things that Lalit went through in the past. On March 26, 2004... Lilith was working alone in his father's plywood shop, and he found himself on the receiving end of a robbery. The thieves stole all the money from the till, then buried Lilith under a pile of plywood panels, and then set them on fire. What? Oh my god. Yeah, so they knew they were trying to kill him. So they believed the attack to be fatal. They left him to die. Luckily, he was able to escape the attack, but the head injury would cause him to lose his voice. Aww. And he would also become extremely introverted. He'd have to write down his thoughts in order to communicate with people. Because he couldn't speak at all. Yeah.
0: And that's the trauma from the head. It affected the part of the brain for speech. Yeah, they do
1: believe. Or do you you think it was like PTSD and he just... That's also speculated. Okay. So it could be that. There is another incident I want to talk about. There was an accident that happened to Lolit while he was studying medicine at a private college. He was supposed to partake in his exams, but due to a bike accident he was in, he received significant brain damage. So, this was before, like when he was studying in school. Okay. Because of this, he had to repeat the year. In his third year, his health took a toll and he dropped out of school. It's speculated that this accident may have brought on some changes in him that affected his personality.
0: Okay, so he had two pretty traumatic head injuries.
1: Yes. Okay. After these traumatic incidents, it was encouraged that Lily see a psychiatrist to help deal with these emotions because his level of untreated mental trauma could possibly cause the brain to go into a psychosis. Mm -hmm. And some symptoms of that can be hearing voices. For whatever reason, the family insisted that he didn't need to speak to anyone,
0: and I think that's, that's because sad. like the oh. stigma around a therapist, maybe with right? The family,
1: okay, that's so sad. I think it's still such a strong belief that if you, you go see a therapist, something is wrong with you.
0: And something was wrong. He needed a therapist, right? He
1: did. Yes. I mean, I think he did.
0: Well, yeah. After that, you'd probably benefit from some therapy. Exactly.
1: Major changes would occur soon after Bhopal's passing. The family performed a puja, which is a worship ritual which centers on ideas of adoration, honor, worship, and devotion in Hinduism, and were chanting the Garuda Purana. Lalit began to chant alongside everyone, and instantly the family began to proclaim that their father had returned, and they believed that their father's spirit was being channeled through Lalit. Poor guy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is a shocking moment for the family because he hadn't spoken in years. And then he just starts speaking. Yes. Okay. Now, I do want to take a step back and talk about Garuda Purana for background purposes. So, the word Purana is a Sanskrit word that means ancient or old and is a genre of ancient Indian literature found in both Hinduism and Jainism. It is one of the Vishnu Puranas in the form of a dialogue between Vishnu, one of the principal Hindu deities, and Garuda, the king of birds. It deals with the incarnations of Lord Vishnu, geographical descriptions, and the origin of the universe and creation. The most important aspect mentioned in the Purana is its narration of the journey of the soul after death. It's a sacred text that talks about the life after death, the journey of the soul, death and its aftermath, and rebirth or reincarnation. I find Hinduism fascinating. It really is. All the different deities and the lore behind everything. Yeah, and just their belief system. Yeah. The Garuda Purana covers the descriptions of the netherworld, specifically Yama Loka and Yama. Is the god of death and this term refers to the world of the dead and naraka loka which is the hindu equivalent to hell as a traditional custom the garuda Purana is recited whenever death takes place in a family and from what i read it looks to be like a 10 to 13 day ceremony now to get back to the chandawat family this moment would be a significant one looking back in hindsight the local community would state that the family's dynamic changed dramatically specifically in their mental and psychological states. Lalit would tell customers in his shop about how his father showed up in his dream and asked him to perform a puja. He would begin to pray in front of trees and offer food to animals. The Chandawat household became a platform for the family's spiritual development, and they'd pray for 30 minutes every morning and every evening. So after not
0: speaking for years, now he's speaking to even the public, he seems to...
1: Yeah, I mean, he's speaking to his neighbors, his community, and it's a surprise to everybody since he was silent for so long. Several years, okay. Yeah. The leadership role began to shift towards Lolite, and he'd convince himself along with the rest of the family that he was the reincarnation of his father who would ultimately lead them to salvation. He'd even inherit some of his father's traits during this time, like controlling the family and declaring that his authority would not be questioned. So a very different personality from before. Which could have been from the
0: brain trauma.
1: Yes, the untreated brain trauma. He ordered the members of the family to keep their practices secret from everyone, including extended family. Friends and family would note that they noticed strange behavior from them, and they'd become withdrawn or introverted. Despite the shift in behavior, their finances expanded, and they'd even increase the number of businesses they owned. Aside from the plywood shop and the grocery store, they started a third commercial business. The family would also become more devout in their religion and the teenagers would excel even more in their studies. So after Bhopal's passing, the family was suffering. And now that Lalit was in this state, they're uh, seeing success.
0: And so that probably just reinforces whatever's going on with Lalit. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So the family is just believing more and more in this. Okay. Lalit stated that the reason he got his voice back and the overwhelming success of the family was thanks to his father who was passing instructions through him spiritually. This success would cause the family to build blind faith in him. He'd keep a diary with extensive notes over the next many years. One of the notes stated that Lalit needed to become the family's savior during these difficult financial times. Bhopal's first mention in the diary is on September 7, 2007, where he asked the family to keep his father's black and white photo in front of them and remember him he would include instructions for the family regarding eating habits financial activities and daily chores written in an authoritative tone so he was getting super strict almost like a cult it is almost like a cult yes cultish now and it's very secretive too okay well elite would state that the human body is temporary and a person can overcome fear by covering their eyes and mouth like i did in netherworld yeah, I was just thinking about. <laughs> there were many entries describing a ritual that was to be performed on June 30th, 2018, almost 11 years to the day after Bhopal passed away. Another entry stated how hands and legs were to be tied and how Bebe, the grandmother, who was Nariani, mm-hmm. could not stand, so she could lie down in another room. These details will play a significantly haunting role shortly. This doesn't
0: sound like it's going in a good direction.
1: No, but what do you think about his behavior, that significant change?
0: I think he has a very significant brain injury that was untreated. I'm not a doctor, but I'm sure that can play a role, like you said, in psychosis and believing you're somebody else now and that somebody's speaking through you. So I think he needed some medical attention.
1: And your father passing and he Uh, took it the hardest. Yeah. On July 1st, 2018, it was a cloudy day and Gurcharan Singh, a close friend of Lalit, was waiting for him at Jagatpur Park for their morning walk. He took his walk alone and headed back home, only to find that the family grocery store was not open, which he found odd. Many customers were outside waiting because the shop normally opened daily at 6am, so he decided to visit Lalit to see if he was okay. Gertcheron reached the Chundawat residence and knocked at the door but nobody answered, no matter how much he knocked. Since eleven people lived in the house, it was always filled with laughter and conversation and noise, but today it was eerily quiet. He tried opening the door and found that it was unlocked, but when he opened the door, he was shocked at what he found. In the hallway, the ten members of the Chundawat family were dead and hanging from nooses made of colorful scarves from a metal railing below a skylight on the ceiling in a circular formation. That is so awful. I know, imagine walking into that, your friend. Gertrude yelled in horror, which alerted the neighbors. Police were called and they arrived at 7.30 a.m. The area was closed off as investigators began to examine the scene and what they found left them at a loss for words.
0: That had to have been traumatic for anyone that came in on that scene.
1: Yeah, and even the officers were like, I've never seen something like this. Something like that will stay with you, obviously. Right. Cause... Three generations of family. Oh, my God. Tommy, the pet dog, was the only surviving member in the house, but he was chained on the roof of the house on the same metal railing where the family members were tied. He was suffering from high fever and anxiety, and it's not clear who tied him there, but sadly, Tommy died of a heart attack shortly after the incident on July twenty second, 2018 at an animal shelter.
0: Oh, yeah, because dogs feel anxiety, too. Literally, that poor pup witnessed the entire family committing suicide, and then it was chained to the roof?
1: Yeah, and it kind of makes you wonder if, since everyone else was tied there, was he supposed to be a part of that, since he was also chained to that same metal railing? they were going to hang the dog, too? Oh, God. But he was on the roof, so it was like a circular skylight. The skylight is in that same room. Okay. So.
0: so what, were they up on a ledge or something? They were on stools. They were on stools. And then they just jumped off the stools together, they assume?
1: So in the investigation, the initial assumption that came to everyone was that the family had been murdered and then robbed.
0: Right. That would make the most sense. You wouldn't think that an entire family would commit suicide
1: like that. It's such a bizarre theory. Mm-hmm but that theory was quickly debunked when their cash and valuables were still found in the house and even on the victims' bodies. Police began to believe that this was a case of mass suicide, But they couldn't rule out foul play. The reasons being, first, the way in which the family members were found seemed to suggest that a third party had been present. Each of them had their hands tied behind their backs and their heads wrapped in a material cut from the same sheet of cloth. They were blindfolded, with their mouths taped shut, and ears plugged with cotton wool.
0: Every single family member? Yes. So then there would have had to have been another party. Because how could that last person then tie their own hands behind their back? Was it loosely tied so they could have done? That?
1: yeah they were loosely tied okay well then it could have been despite the 10 bodies in the hallway officers found the body of Naryani, the grandmother in an adjacent room although she had been strangled instead of being hanged what? with a scarf also tied around her neck So remember in the diary when they talked about the grandmother wasn't able to be hanged? so she could
0: lay down. Yeah. That sounds like what they did then. They just strangled her in the bed.
1: Because she wasn't able to stand for the ritual.
0: Were there any signs of a struggle with her?
1: No. You just can't imagine this being a real event. No. That
0: mindset that makes that many people, just like a cult when they do the mass suicide, that mindset of, we're all going to go together and this is a good thing. I don't know. Understand
1: that. Yeah, it's a strange so, belief. Yeah, it's scary. So, second, the kitchen was found in a way that seemed to suggest that the family had been preparing breakfast ingredients and recipes were laid out and plates were set this seemed odd for a group of people who would commit mass suicide right like like let's just... have
0: some pancakes and then exactly kill ourselves
1: it just doesn't make sense it doesn't make
0: sense at all unless that is was it part of the ceremony of like they were eating certain foods right before like was that part of the plan
1: i don't think they thought they were going to die but we'll talk about okay that. Friends and family would insist that suicide was impossible because they were so happy and successful. But as we know, that doesn't mean someone Um, isn't going to commit suicide.
0: Right. That is, that's not an indicator.
1: As we know, you can put on that happy face. The CCTV footage clearly captured the family taking ropes, wires, and stools into their homes on the night before their deaths, which would seem to indicate that they were the ones responsible. Further investigation would reveal 11 diaries kept by the family, which would prove to be invaluable in understanding what happened. The notes contained in these diaries would show the dark secrets that were going on behind closed doors. Now, something to keep in mind. Priyanka, who is Bopal's granddaughter, was engaged to be married at the end of the year, and this was mentioned in her diary. The day prior to the incident, Priyanka invited a friend over, who was also invited to her wedding, and she gave her clothes to be washed. Teenagers had planned a cricket match for the following day, and several of the adults had arranged meetings and made future plans over the phone. It seemed that the Chundawatts were looking forward to the future and had no idea that they were going to die or plan their deaths. So the wedding plans, I think he saw that as a threat.
0: Like he's losing control over the family.
1: Yes. Like someone in his little kingdom was leaving. And so I think that triggered him to initiate this. Okay. We previously mentioned a ritual that was to be performed. Everything was detailed in the last diary entry on Saturday, which was titled Road to God. The notes revealed that Lalit wanted to replicate a banyan tapsia, in which the family was supposed to arrange itself to hang, like the branches of a banyan tree, to make the gods happy. When I looked it up, like what a banyan tree looked like, it's a huge sacred tree with hanging roots, and it's considered to be the tree of immortality. The notes stated that they not be afraid, as Daddy, and that's in quotes, would come and resurrect them. He directed them to leave a glass of water on the table, and as the color begins to change, he would return they truly believed that they were not going to die because Paul would be resurrected and would rescue them.
0: That's sad. So they just thought, we'll hang ourselves and we'll die, but we'll be resurrected by our dad who will come back.
1: Well, I don't think they thought they were going to die. I think they just thought he will come in time to rescue them. When did they think that was going to happen? Sometime during this ritual.
0: And then, okay, then the water's not changing and daddy's not there.
1: I don't know if in this blind faith that they had, if they just believed, okay, well, even if I die, we'll be resurrected. Or if they realized the color wasn't changing in the water and they figured they were going to die and maybe they were scared at that time.
0: This is very disturbing. It's really haunting,
1: like, what happened here.
0: Yes, for that many family members to get on board.
1: When I was watching the documentary, the way that they set this up, it is very similar to what a banyan tree looks like. It's a
0: very cool looking tree because there are all of these wide branches and then you have these roots coming down from some of the taller ones just going right into the ground. And so they want it to look like their bodies
1: were the roots, right? Well, it's interesting because the symbolism behind this tree is the tree of immortality. So I wonder if that also played a part in their belief.
0: Like if we do it right, we will be immortal.
1: I don't know how deep the belief goes, but it's an interesting thought. So in the post-mortem report, the deaths took place on the morning of July 1st, 2018, around 1 to 1.30 a.m. Based on the ligature marks, the deaths were caused by hangings. Based on the bindings, it's likely that Lolita and Tina were the ones who tied everyone else's bindings because theirs were loosely tied. Okay. Narayani was likely strangled by Lolita and there were no signs of poisoning or other injuries. So he
0: just went through it the entire thing like he said he would.
1: Yeah. So some people do speculate that this was a cover-up by the police. Hmm.
0: Tell
1: me more. Well, so they didn't believe that the family would commit mass suicide. It's such a far-fetched belief. So they're like, you know, maybe the police don't want to reveal who the real person is who did this. And
0: is there a lot of other cover-ups in that town? Why would they think the police wanted to cover up? I think it's just because it was such a bizarre... They couldn't accept that people would actually do this, an entire family.
1: Yeah. So I think that was like the most rational explanation. Like, okay, the police know who this is, but they're covering it up, or they can't figure it out and they're covering it up. It it was just the most rational explanation. But
0: who on that police force is going to write all of those notebooks about the diaries? Who who on the police force is going to do that?
1: That's a good point. They got
0: that much time where they can write just what months and months of diary entries from all the family
1: members. They think they went that
0: far. That's a scary cover-up. If that's
1: yeah, I believe you don't want to think so many members of your own family no, would right. commit something. Of
0: course not. So it's unbelievable. Yeah,
1: it really is. The question becomes: How could someone convince their whole family to commit such drastic actions? Yeah, that's a good question. So there is a condition known as shared psychotic disorder, where an individual suffering from delusions can pass those delusions on to other people. An example of this would be from cults throughout history, such as Jonestown or Heaven's Gate. Which we covered. Yeah. Yeah. The the cult mentality, I think, does play a role in this.
0: It does. It's just odd, I guess, that it's an entire family, because usually cults pull people from families. You know, even if it's pairs of people, but usually it's not an entire family. Family, right.
1: Yeah. Rather than a mass suicide, this case could be considered a mass murder with Loli as the prime suspect. The possibility that a third party could have also been involved can't be ruled out. One of the instructions in the ritual was to leave the front door unlocked. So this could have left opportunity for someone else to make their way in.
0: But some random person's not going to come in and be like, let me help you with this mass
1: suicide. That's yeah. far-fetched. And to the setup there, everyone's hanging yeah. from a scarf. Yeah. It's not random. It's, it's planned. Yeah, for sure. Despite that being a possibility, police have not found any connections to another group. Also, did Lolita really lose his voice? Like, I don't think he really lost his voice. I just think that he was traumatized and that was his yeah. coping mechanism to not speak. That sounds... Like it could definitely have been what happened. There are those that truly believe that Lalit was possessed by the spirit of his dead father who wanted the rest of his family to join him in the afterlife. Others speculate that he was possessed by an evil or demonic entity, which manipulated Lalit into believing that he was communicating with his father to blindly follow its instructions. That's so sad. Yeah, it is. Now, there's a lot of superstition and symbolism in this case. The connection to number 11. There were 11 family members who kept 11 diaries. When their deaths occurred, it was 11 years after Bhopal passed away, when they performed this ritual that resulted in 11 deaths. There were 11 iron bars above the front door and on the side of the house, also 11 pipes, which didn't seem to serve any purpose, not connected by any ventilation or ducts. And they were arranged similarly to how the 11 bodies were found.
0: So what is the significance of the number 11 in Hinduism?
1: Well, let me tell you. The number 11 is linked to a spiritual meaning of transition, meaning big change is coming and you'll have to awaken in a spiritual sense. The deeper you look at the symbolism of this number, its meaning is that God is trying to speak to you. In numerology, it's an indicator of big trials and great potential. So it
0: sounded like it was a positive thing, but were they interpreting it incorrectly because of Lalit's potential illness and him believing that his father was speaking through
1: him? The word that speaks to me is transition. I don't know if the family saw any kind of spiritual connection, but on the outset, it does look like it's a spooky thing. Why are there 11 of everything in this case? It's a little strange. Uh On the topic of the pipes, there were seven bent pipes and four straight ones. One of the bent pipes was placed further than all the others. So it's speculated that the seven bent pipes represented the seven women, and the four straight pipes represented the four men. And the pipe that was furthest away represented the grandmother who was strangled in another part of the house. Apparently, Lolita had them installed a few months ago prior to the incident, and he told the person who installed them that they were for ventilation purposes. Were they on the outside of the house or the inside? It looks like they were, like, through the house. Okay. Oh, running through the house. Yeah. Oh, uh, so he was getting ready for this, wasn't he? It seems like he had some kind of knowledge about this. Mm -hmm. The installer recommended having Windows put in instead, but he refused... This seemed like Lalit had the pipes installed for some sort of symbolism. Now the aftermath of this. Since the deaths, the area has been drawing visitors eager to see the house. Neighbors insist that they get chills around the house, and there's talks about spirits roaming inside, and officers who work this case say it just haunts them. It has taken a toll on the nearby residents, and they state that it's taken a lot of time to deal with the incident, and that even now they get flashbacks when they pass by the house. The house is described as nice and spacious but the rent is dirt cheap due to its infamous name of the horror house. To quote an article from the print, Quote, for a lot of time, we avoided this route and went from the other end of the road. Many asked us how we plan to survive here with all the talks about ghosts and spirits, but we can't live with superstition. Quote, the neighbor said, quote, the family moved in here. So it gives us courage, but the holes in the walls are still scary and it will never be the same here. End quote. So they took down the pipes, I'm sure. Yeah. And okay. it left those holes in the house. That's eerie. So, those holes that the neighbor was referring to remain one of the deepest mysteries surrounding the house. The family's house had 11 pipes, which we talked about, and it was placed in like an irregular order. Mm -hmm. And to add mystery, they were not found connected to any water inlet or outlet. Yeah, so he just had them in there for symbolism. I think so. For his
0: ritual, he may have thought he needed 11
1: representations in the house. I think so. That's disturbing. It seemed like he was very calculated with everything that was going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's sad because it sounds like he was not somebody who would have done this prior to the head injuries and maybe untreated head injuries turned him into basically a serial
1: killer. That's true. Yeah. So the three story house is now occupied by two families. The first floor is occupied by Dr. Maham Singh Kashyap and his family who run Dhruv Diagnostics Laboratory on the location. They moved into the house in January of 2020, but before they moved in, they performed a havan, which is a prayer or mantra of purification and transformation of an individual or an environment. So basically, trying to purify the house. Okay,
0: saging it. It's along those lines of going, clearing out the bad exactly. energy. Okay. Y-
1: yes, the Ali brothers, Ahmed and Asfar, who live on the second and third floor, and it goes without saying that that floor where the deaths occurred is pretty much avoided. I would hope so. Yeah. I can't imagine how easy it would be to live in that house. And this happened in 2018, so it's not like it was that it's recent, long ago. It's a scary thought as to what blind faith will do to people. I mean, I do think faith is a great thing, but I also believe that maybe it's healthy to question things.
0: I think so. If your faith is telling you to basically murder your entire family, you should question your faith.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. If something you believe in is telling you to kill yourself as well.
0: Question your faith. We will never ask you to do anything. To put your dark. life at risk. No, the only thing dark will be drinking dark coffee. If you want a dark brew, that'll be it.
1: Yeah. And even then you can have a blonde roast if you no, want. We're
0: fine with that. We support it. Just get some hobbies. Don't murder people. Yeah.
1: yeah. Cause it does seem like this was a planned murder. It does. Because these people were not willing participants no. to kill themselves. But
0: out of, I guess some, like you said, a blind faith, they believed that their dad was speaking through Lalit and ended up going along with... with... With the suicide.
1: They thought they were gonna be saved. Oh my god,
0: that's so sad.
1: The docuseries on Netflix is called The House of Secrets, if you're interested in watching it. It's clear that this is a case that took over India and was sensationalized by the media. The reality is that three generations of a family are gone, leaving their loved ones with so many questions and unresolved feelings. No matter which way you look at this case, it's a tragedy, and we hope that the family's at rest. The hole that this leaves on the friends' and family's hearts is something that can't be filled again, but we hope they can find peace. I hope so. As we talked about before, mental health hasn't always been an easy topic to talk about, but I think we're kind of coming along as a society. It's better
0: now. It's not so taboo to speak about it.
1: Right. The discussions are happening. Yes. But there's still a lot more work to be done It's not something to be ashamed of. And, you know, we want to kind of normalize these conversations, even if it's not a therapist or a doctor, talk to someone that you trust. So you're not like internalizing your thoughts, right? Talk to your friends, reach out to somebody, right? It's healthy. Yes. If you are in need of immediate resources for mental health services, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-4357 or visit www.samhsa.gov. You can call 1-800-273-8255 to reach a 24-hour crisis center or text 741741 at Crisis Text Line. But serious talk aside... What is next on our lineup? Okay.
0: Well, I don't know if it's as dark as this one because this one is a heavy
1: case. Very heavy.
0: Um, Now, the next one we're doing is heavy, too. It involves murder. We're staying very dark for November. Yeah. So it's going to be the Herb Baumeister case slash the I-70 Strangler because I believe Herb was the I-70 Strangler. So that could be connected, huh? I believe it was. And I will be diving into that. We have some great stuff that my stepmom has sent me. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. We love it. She is all about some true crime and she sent us a link to kind of look into it. We hadn't heard about it. And um, And he's a serial
1: killer, right? He is a serial killer, yes. And I
0: think he was also the I 70 Strangler.
1: And there's also a haunting behind this, too. Right. So
0: we're doing like a two parter, but I'm going to do the. Serial killings episode, and then Jennifer is going to do the hauntings episode, and they're related. It's
1: very on brand for us,
0: yes, because all the people he killed were on his farm. So there's got to be
1: some kind of haunting. You're gonna haunting you're gonna
0: let us know about the haunting after I will. I talk about the murders. This one's gonna be an interesting one. I think so. I'm glad that we're doing a two parter together. I think that's really fun. That will be
1: a fun <laughs> one. It
0: sounds so strange. We're talking about how fun this will be to talk about murders and haunting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but this is what we do.
1: It is, yeah. yeah. This is what you expect from us. Right. So until next time, stay caffeinated, get hobbies, and don't murder people. Bye.